yes. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real with Chuck Liddy and the big fella. And uh, this podcast started, uh, well, virtually when the world went into uh, isolation. And it's kind of grown legs ever since then. We've had some massive guests, and tonight we uh, we just go up another notch. I know it's probably hard to believe coming off the back of Shane Warne, Jonathan Brown, Timmy Payne. We've had some absolute superstars on this podcast, but we are going to crank it up a little bit. And uh, I'm going to introduce this man first tonight. Ah, Timmy Ludeman, still filthy on that intro song, mate, aren't you? Uh, you'd reckon after a week off you could have got some new material, but anyway, you run with it again. But I, I might work on it for next week, Ludes. I might even try and pull out a bit of Timmy Trumpet or something for you, big fella, a bit more up your alley. Right, thanks, big fella. Mate, have you had a couple of uh, frosts there tonight, Let you, uh, heading into uh, after a big long weekend? Uh, yes, yeah, just a uh, cold night, so I've just um, just gone for a little $15 bottle of Cab Sav. <laughs> Did it dance, mate, or what? That's <laughs> uh, supporting locals, heightened sellers in Geelong, get around them. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, this bloke would have had a big weekend. I reckon he's had a big couple of weeks after his, <laughs> after his story that he shared with us last week. I don't think there's much happening <laughs> in the, uh, the Berry household. Can we... Can we say uh, that the big shit? <laughs> the big shit. Honestly, Chuck, how, uh, how have you recovered, mate? How's the last fortnight been for you after dropping that story in the Adelaide Hills? i tell you what, I missed you blokes. So, uh, seriously, the week off, it was worse than isolation. I've just missed you blokes, but I didn't miss the text messages that a few people tuned in. I got vouchers from Ray's Tent City. I got uh, caravan phone calls and... Uh, you know, a lot of camping inquiries. Uh, be fair to say, my daughter's not happy that I shared that story uh, on our podcast. But that's what we do. We take the piss out of each other and we hang shit, so to speak. Now, so your your daughter literally is not speaking to you after you've uh, you've dropped that story because that, this is the first time you've ever you've ever shared that story publicly. Very much so. I was going to save it for a twenty first birthday, but we brought it out a couple of weeks ago and. I mean, she, obviously, your daughters don't listen to your podcast. They couldn't give a crack of what we're doing. But uh, a couple of her friends said, oh, I heard your dad's podcast. <laughs> and then she came home and she was. She said, you didn't do it, Dad. And I said, unfortunately, a bit like that night, uh, I did do it, unfortunately. <laughs> Unbelievable. I was thinking about you heading into a long weekend. I was thinking, I wonder if Chuck's going to take the family uh, camping, uh, you know, and just uh, maybe reliving some of that uh that night, but uh, did you like, any? Because I, I still had questions. People kept asking me. I played golf with a couple of boys during the week that listened to this podcast, and they yep. said it's amazing that you know no one has really kind of questioned you since that day as to why you were never seen again. You kind of just got up under the cover of darkness and you just took well, off. Was, as I said, highly embarrassing, and I was the state coach at the time, and I didn't really want to hang around to see what the dads from the <laughs> private school had to say. <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass my daughter. And as I said, uh, that's probably the reason I got the arse in Adelaide. They said it's time to go home and go back to Melbourne. <laughs> hey, boys, forget about my shit story. Footy's back and I'm coming down to Geelong. I'm calling the Cats and the Hawks on Friday night oh, on K-Rock yes. footy. I couldn't be more pumped. And then Sunday night I've got the Saints and the Dogs. 
and that'll be in front of a big crowd at Marvel. In fact, it'll probably be a very similar crowd uh, that the Saints and the Dogs would normally attract at Marvel Stadium. So, Chuck, can I just ask, is you actually going to be calling from the ground, or are you calling them from, uh, from uh, you know, studios? No, at this stage, we, we found that out today, and I thought it was going to be studios in Geelong, but uh, at this stage, unless it changes, we've been told we will be in the uh, commentary box at GMHBA for the Cats and the Hawks, and then at Marvel Stadium, we've got to do all the things, you know, the callers in the front row and the special comments, the social distancing, and we've got to change our headphones each quarter with a new bloody uh, microphone cover. And so a lot of little different things. But, mate, I think we're going to be at the ground, and I just can't wait. I mean, we did start this when footy went off, and here we are nine weeks later or something, we're back. Now, Ludi, uh, surely uh, being a Geelong boy now, you can sneak into the K-Rock box at some point in time and watch the master in action. Uh, I wouldn't do it to myself. I'd get covered in saliva. <laughs> Used to it from the old South Australian days. Hey, Benjamin listen, Bunt. I am not going to get the main show Yeah, on. I want to get, because this bloke, uh, he's had a big day today too. I think he might have been on the uh, the golf course. He might have caught up with some friends and uh, he might have even had a couple of beers and I think he might have even gone to F45 for a little bit of a training session. Oh, yeah, this bloke is a country boy from Colac. Four-time AFL Premiership superstar, three-time AFL Premiership captain. He is just uh, an absolute champion of the game on and off the field. Two-time, uh, two-time Norm Smith medalist as well. And we say a very good evening to Luke Hodge. How are you, Hodgey? G'day, guys. I'm actually uh, I'm a little bit buggered. Uh, you got it right. I had a bit of uh, hit of golf today. Uh, uh, went to F45, but it was mainly to, uh, to work off uh, what I did to myself over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, so I overindulged a little bit. Mind you, I've done that for the last eight weeks in isolation. Um, but it was, it was a bit different. We Because um, I'd been in the coaches' um, departments, I was in the 25 at the Lions up until Friday. And as soon as I walked out on Friday, I was classified as a commentator. So I was allowed to go to pubs. I was allowed to go to restaurants and... Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was definitely, I was definitely made up for the last four weeks not doing anything. <laughs> that is awesome. It's a, it's been such an amazing time, hasn't it, Hodgie? Uh, you know, like just the the way that the world and uh, you know the world of sport has transformed over this last kind of twelve weeks. It's uh, been phenomenal, hasn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and especially especially for the AFL players. And I, I guess I've seen it firsthand, being a part of the twenty five and what the restrictions that they've had to do. Um, well, coming back, and you know that obviously the governments have allowed them to, to bend the rules a little bit and they've given them a little bit more access, a bit more flexibility to tap and compete, get themselves ready for, for AFL footy. But as soon as they walk out of the club, they can't do anything, the poor buggers. Um, there's no golf, there's no fishing, there's no surfing. Um, you can't go to restaurants. If you go and get a coffee, it's got to be a takeaway coffee. So I, I do feel for the players and a lot of the coaches in the situation because your your life just revolves around around playing. And as soon as you leave the club, you're you're home on the couch and doing nothing. Chuck, Hodgie, we we're not going to talk too much uh, straight and narrow. We like to go left field. We know what a wonderful player you've been and one of my most admired leaders. I know you're a lot younger than me, but I love the way that you led the Hawks and now you're moving into the coaching ranks. But uh, Let's talk some uh, more serious things like uh, how have you gone with your four boys in isolation, homeschooling? Have you got any stories? Have you brushed up on your maths? How have you been, mate? Mate, I've got the arse after day one. <laughs> my, um, my, my wife was uh, my wife was smart enough to book in our four-month-old, our youngest boy, uh, for his 
four-month injections on the first day of homeschooling. So it was my job to, to try and hook up the 11-year-old Coop and the 7-year-old through um, through technology yep. and, and get them hooked up to that. And I've got no bloody idea with, with technology. So by the time I was got home at about 10.30, I dusted my hands off as being a teacher and I became daddy daycare. I, I had the 4-year-old and the 4-month-old and that was my job for about 4 or 5 weeks entertain the uh, entertain the younger ones because I had no bloody idea. They were talking about English issues that I couldn't pass in <laughs> when I went to school. They're trying to get me to teach my kids. So, um, one thing we learned pretty quickly is we, we understood our roles and mine was to stay out of the classroom. Just on that, uh, like seriously, the school, like I, I, I deal a little bit with the schools with a little program called Standing Tall. What the hell do they still teach algebra for? Have, have any of you blokes uh, ever used algebra in your life since you left school? Definitely only not. coaching, uh, only coaching Tim Ludeman. When I was coaching Tim Ludeman, <laughs> I was trying to work out his batting average with algebra, <laughs> and uh, still couldn't work out Pythagoras's theory with his batting. To be honest, sorry, Hodgie, you go. <laughs> nah, but I was, I was in agreement. So I, uh, ever since I one, that was one subject I did like. Actually, there was PE and maths. So the only uh, the only help I could give my uh, older son was how to figure out some maths, maths issues, but there was no algebra, thank God, for that because I wouldn't have wouldn't have remembered it, and I, I don't really want to remember how to do it. Yeah, overrated algebra. I just can't work out why they're still teaching. Yeah, I'm with you, big fella. Hey, Ludy. <laughs> yeah, Hodgie, we're pretty serious here, so I'll go pretty serious as well. We know you as the angry, fiery, hated losing footballer. I just want to take you back to when you were a 16-year-old young fella in Colac growing up at the, the Great Buchanan's. Uh, <laughs> this, this is the story that I've heard. I just need it. But it's it's utter bullshit. If it's come from one of the Buchanan boys, it's utter bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about a little $8, $8 kitty on a blackjack hand as a 16-year-old that you lost and you punched a hole in the wall. <laughs> Which you, which you covered, then covered up with a family portrait, and your mum didn't find out until she sold the house eight years later. This is the gold we like. This is the stuff we like. But, well, we used to play five and under, and I was dealer, and obviously if, you, if someone got five and under, you had to pay double. And back then when you're 15, 16, you, you don't earn too much. I was getting $4.50 going to basketball, and one of the boys got five and under. I think I had... I think I had 20 or 21, and the only way to beat that was getting five and under, and, and someone did it. So I, I lost my whole bankroll in, in one hand. And as, as you do, I was always I was always taught, I was always taught as a kid that it's better out than in, and that's including my temper. So I got up and I turned around and watched through. I, I may have put my fist through the pantry cupboard, and as I did it, I thought, oh, shit. You're in what trouble. am I going to do here? But, but I, my, uh, my younger brother, Dylan, who is 12 years younger than me, he was about three or four, maybe five, and was at kinder or daycare and did a lovely little family portrait picture. And I, it was about the size. It was an A4 piece. So I've grabbed that from the table and I've put that up on the on the pantry, uh, on the pantry, uh, the pantry door. And my mum got home from night shift because she wasn't there when we, when it happened. She's like, oh, that's so nice that you put your brother's picture up to, to admire it. So I got away with it for a long time until she actually found the truth of, uh, about eight, ten years later. <laughs> oh, that is gold. <laughs> Absolute gold. Keep going, Ludie. <laughs> uh, well, I, I want to talk about the TV ads that popped up quite a bit, the light and easy ones. <laughs> yeah, now, I, I yes. want to go here as well too because this is yes. something that Geordie Lewis wanted to bring up. Yes, uh, Ludie. Uh, I, I know growing up in Colac, there's one restaurant, it's Macca's. 
And, <laughs> and mate, there's a KFC. There is a KFC. There is, but one of the best KFCs in Victoria. I believe when Hodgie first moved down, he was, you know, battling a little bit with his weight. Moved into a house at Doncaster, and all I heard was was KFC. It was a KFC or Macca's, Macca's nuggets and Carlton draft slabs, and that's all he did. And his kidneys were through the roof, and you copped an absolute earful from the coaching staff. Mate, that was once again that was Liam Buchanan's fault. I was a, I was a young kid who just moved out with another mate. I was 19 years old. And Liam Bean, I reckon he would have been 24, 25. Should have known better. And he was the professional athlete that everyone knows that he is. Um, the only thing is, if my, my, my pre-season, my off-season was obviously in his cricket. So we'd go and watch him play cricket and have stubbies. And most weekends, he'd, he'd come back and Maccas was on the corner. So um, all Liam's fault would be playing backyard cricket and indulging in some McDonald's and a, and a few beverages. So... The skinnies did go up, but insane that the the amount of shit I cop for the light and easy ads, which the players don't believe that I that I did eat it, uh, that I still do eat it. But geez, I cop a lot on the footy field. So, so how did that come about, though, Hodgie? Like, well, how does a light and easy come to Luke Hodge and say, "Hey, listen, we want you to be the front man here." Two hundred thousand no. reasons why. Because like 2, reasons why. <laughs> no, it actually it actually started from an interview that I was uh, I, I did. So we had uh, my wife had our first kid, uh, two thousand and eight, and we won the end of two thousand eight. I came back about five or six kilos heavier, and my skinnies are about fifteen more than what they should have been. So Loz jumped onto light and easy to try and lose weight from the baby, and I thought, shit, I need to try it. So I started eating and. I found whenever I, my skinnies got high, I'd jump back onto it. Uh, and I said it on an interview one day, and, and they sort of caught onto it and sort of said, oh, you still eating it? And sort of went from there. But, um, yeah, I have had a lot of shit put on me about it. But, hey, it works. If you, if it, <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. Can I uh, can I just share a story, actually? Uh, we done a weight loss challenge. I used to do breakfast radio here. And uh, we done a weight loss challenge. I think I was tipping the scales at 122 or something back in the day. Oh, so it didn't work, good fella. It anyway, work. anyway, they had this big idea, this big brain idea. You know, look, there was a shakes down at the local mob. And, and this is the first time I'm sharing this, actually, boys. Okay, so this, is, uh, this might just stay in the inner sanctum. But uh, it was like an eight-week challenge. They got me a personal trainer. And I had to have these shakes. Anyway, I thought to myself, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it properly. I'm not going to use the shakes. But I'll just say that I... Uh, I did the shakes. Anyway, eight weeks. Lost 16 kilos in eight weeks. I just ran and ran and you know, ended up doing a half marathon and that. And to this day, they think that the shakes were the difference. <laughs> and I can, I can tell you, and I'm going to share it, I reckon I had one day of shakes and that was it. The rest was just eating normal, just watching my portion size. But uh, oh, Monaghan's Pharmacy, if you're listening, you've done well, guys. I got a little bit off. It stayed off for about six months anyway. <laughs> They're good, big fella, because Merv, Merv Hughes, as you know, uh, one of my teammates, he got onto the man shakes. I don't reckon he drank one shake, and uh, each day he put on two kilos. I saw him recently, the big fella. He's about 140, I reckon, at the moment, big swerving. I just saw an ad today, actually. Paul Ruse and Merv Hughes on the, on the man shake ad, yeah. I think, I think everyone's had a go there, but they had the best slogan it was lose the beer gut without losing the beer I think every man wants to hear that <laughs> actually and they sent it a massive big bag the old man shake so Hodge you're still on the light and easy now big fella just uh, you know you still you still on it we, we do because uh, everyone everyone sort of said um, once you finish football you're, you're overindulge 
And I did. I remember Chris Fagan. Uh, we got back into coaching up here, and obviously, when you when you finish, you want to have a few months off. And I said that I'm going to eat and drink whatever I want for two months. This turned into five months. <laughs> and I remember Chris Fagan come back from overseas, and the first time he saw me, his words were, "What the bloody hell's Hodgie you been doing? He looks like a whale." So um, I thought I had to get back. I had to get back onto it. But I think it's it's one of those ones when you get stuck into it. It's a hard week, and then you get back, and especially up in Queensland, every day's it's about thirty degrees. Even in winter, we're playing golf today. It was 22, 23 degrees, and the first thing you go for is a, a nice cold can afterwards. Yeah, of course. But, you um, but yeah, and it, it, when you when you when you get older, shit, it's harder to lose it. When you're younger, it does fall off a lot easier. Yeah, I feel yeah, that. I'm, find, I'm yeah. finding that. I'm finding Definitely that. Definitely. Yeah. I'm putting it on now, Hodgie. Uh, one more sort of uh, light-hearted one. We might ask one serious one, but uh, everyone knows you. And Tim Luderman alluded to it. Pretty tough uh, on the field, straight down the line, and uh, didn't take any quarter. But uh, I did a bit of research today, and they said one of your ex-teammates, and you'll work it out pretty quick uh, when you first came down that you're a little footy got a little bit too much, and you're out one night at the heat nightclub and you might have had a little bit of a meltdown do you remember what i'm talking about there he he said just ask him about having a meltdown at the heat nightclub it might be a bit personal but the heat nightclub i hope the right story comes out here hodgy i remember the spy lounge the spy lounge was a ripper Mate, I had a, mo- yeah. a meltdown most weekends. <laughs> uh, right. I think you give the teammate up, uh, Chuck, and it might help, Hodgie. You should, should never reveal your sources, so I'll only give you his initials, and it might put you in. And he was only there when you were a kid, and then he moved on. But his initials, you can work it out, at Daniel Harford. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got a good story for Harford. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Did a, did well, he texted me, said you had a meltdown. Meltdown. But, you know, half's in the media, half's in the radio. No one ever believes what half says. <laughs> but he, but he'll find, he never lets the truth get in the road of a good story anyway. Um, but half, do you know how you get into it? So when I got drafted to, uh, to Hawthorne, half was obviously was in the midfield. as was a rip, ripping fellow, like a really good footballer. And then we trade him to Hawthorne for a... For, for, for peanuts, but um, when he was there, it was always one of those ones where you need the older guys to look after the young guys, make sure you're, you're teaching the ropes, teaching the professionalism. I, uh, I think I had one of those nights with Liam Buchanan, and the next day I had weights, and I used to do weights. I used to do weights with half. So as, as a young fellow, I, I go down to do a bench press, and as I'm trying to lift it up, he's standing above me, spotting me, and all I breathe is beer and vodka and, and Jim Beam over it. <laughs> and, and, and what, what would you reckon a senior bloke should do? You should probably should tell him not to do that. You shouldn't do it again. He goes, mate, if you're going to drink the night before, you always have a banana and a Gatorade that hides the alcohol from your breath. <laughs> so he, he, sent me over, he sent me over to the kitchen to grab a, a, a bottle of Gatorade and a banana so I could come back and do my weights and no one else find out about it. <laughs> That's leadership. Leadership. That is leadership. leadership. That is awesome. Just one from George. Geordie Lewis, uh, and I said to you off air before, he was pretty hopeless to be honest, Geordie. Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, he, he said that he reckons you cannot drink, mate. And uh, he said what? you fall asleep at the drop of a hat after a couple of stubbies. That's it. What's, uh, what's the go there, mate? 
But I'd love to see Jordan right now. So what what happened? I got to a stage where it was about 2008 or 2009. We had our, we had our first kid. And all of a sudden, I, I was a kid who'd love to go out and would, would go out until I'd get kicked out of the nightclub. <laughs> but all of a sudden, when you have little kids and you're up at one and you're up at three, you're up at five, my stamina was, was out. And then had another kid in 2012 and then 16 and 19. <laughs> um, and what, what Jordan also has found now that as soon as you have kids... As soon as you can get to ten o'clock, you want to go to sleep. So <laughs> yes. that was uh, that was what he, that's what he's finding now. But I did I did go through a stage. It was only a small stage. It was about six years where we'd go out for dinner. We'd have about three or four bottles of red, and I'd be asleep at the table. What? <laughs> 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 well, just kaput. Really quickly. Just just like, what? Just bang asleep at the table wherever oh. you were. I blame I blame Lewis's shit company and shit story. So it just, it just put me to sleep. Can, can I just ask on Geordie, and this has been a, a question, I know his brother-in-law very well and his sisters and his mum and dad very well, and, and no one can give me the correct answer. Has he got hair plugs? No, I don't think he does. So, right, so you are confirming that now that there's no plugs because his old I, man I, I, is as I, bald I, as a badger. Prepared. I'm up in Brisbane. Uh, I don't think he does. <laughs> but as I said, I'd love to throw out stories left, right, and centre, but I, I don't think he does. He I could get, be wrong, mate. Did he get a bit of flack there for a while off his teammates? Yeah, there, there was once. Um, we Remember when they brought in that? It was almost like the spider can. Yes. Where they tracked across the top of the ground. And I think oh, we'll and he had the swimming cap on, didn't he? He had the post. Yes. <laughs> We we're playing, we we're playing West Coast. I think it was in a night night game. It was pissing down rain. The next thing, the camera stopped right on top of Louis and Cameron Bruce. I reckon paused it to talk about a point, and the whole room has just lost it because obviously <laughs> when, when your hair gets a bit wet, it, it sins out a bit. I think we're all going short. I've got I've got two big car parks that look like the McDonald's sign at the moment. But uh, but Jordan had spot in the back, right in the top of the head, a big bald spot there. So he did cop a little bit, but. Uh, no, he hasn't, he hasn't copped too much. Right? We we went through a uh, we went through a bit of a history. We had Brent Guerra and we had David Hale. We had a few of the guys that, that tried a few tried tried a few experiments on, on top. So um, we, we gave Jim, we gave Jim them for their part. Jim Ludeman, do you want to comment at all on losing your hair at sixteen years of age or anything? Oh, I just want to say that Jordan Lewis has definitely got plugs. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Let's the, get him on. The of, get him on in a few weeks. The Pontiff Cap, though, the Pontiff Cap is gone. Like it just doesn't miraculously disappear. Like it's you know because that was that was like seven years ago now, and and, and it's like there's there's hair there now, so he's got uh, to be plugging. I reckon, I reckon, I reckon Brent Guerra is retired, and Louis just snuck into his locker and just grabbed whatever he was using. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ludi. Um, I want to go serious, Hodgie, for a question, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. I, I heard, heard a little story. I don't know if you've spoke about it before. You might have. But um, after the 2012 grand final loss, I believe there was a lesser-known player probably come out and called the senior players out at Hawthorne. Everyone talks about the, the Hawthorne senior players, you know, your Mitchells, yourself, Lewis, these sort of guys, rough heads. And then this... Younger fellow called called him out and just said, "You're all talk, no action. We need more out of you." Is there any truth to that story? Uh, yeah, it was it was post 2012 Grand Final. We're up on a um, we're up at a preseason camp in Maroochydore, I think it was, and this is where we'd come back. We we lost the prelim to two, in 2011 to Collingwood, where we're up at three quarter time, and then this, the Sydney Grand Final 2012, we finished on top. We probably played our best out of the four or five years where we finished in the top four. Our best football was probably the last 10 or 11 games. 
of 2000 and 2012 leading up to the granny. Um, but then we we sort of had everyone has their team rules, and it was a big one of saying, well, if your back's to goal, your feet are back to your teammate. If, if someone's in a better position, you square it up to them. Uh, if you're picking the ball up, give it to a teammate who teammate who walk who gets into the right position. All, all the basic stuff that you say. But we were pretty hard on each other, making sure we did it. And Luke Loudon, the preseason post the 212 Grand Final, we sort of went through and this is what we're going to stand for. And he's like, guys, I've heard this before. I said, you guys always say you're talking to the senior guys because in the Grand Final, a lot of senior guys tried to win it themselves. It wasn't the fact that. They were doing it to be selfish. They thought, I need to do something. Uh, and their, their mentality was right, but their actions their actions weren't. And Luke Lounge, you pretty much said that you guys do it from round one to, to finals. But as soon as the big games come, that's where you go against it. You just do do your own thing. So we went Ooh. back and reviewed a lot of it. And, and we sort of come back and said, shit, he's right. Um, and and from, from, from that day, from that meeting, um, where there was a, a training session, whether it was a pre-season game, whether it was a home-to-way game, a final or a grand final, we made sure that if someone was in a better position or, or someone was there to give it to, that that's that's what we that's what we lived by, and that's I think that's what held us in good stead because through the period of 2010, 11, 12, we lost so many close games, and it was because of blokes tried to do their own thing in, in a pressure situation. Wow. Um, from the, the next few years, we yes, we trained close games a lot at that at training, but. Um, there's no, there's no doubt that his conversation, what he said to the older guys, as a bloke, I don't even think he played a game up to that stage. It changed the mindset of oh, a, lot really? of game, a lot of guys, and oh, it changed a lot of their results. That's great. That is fantastic for a young bloke to have the courage to do that. Not many people would. So, I mean, I got a lot of admiration for that. And then, more importantly, I suppose, Hodgie, the way that you guys actually said, "Shit, he's right." Just on that, then, while we're on a serious note, and, you know, we admire you for what you've done in the game and the leadership you've displayed. Uh, was there someone growing up that you really admired? Or who, it doesn't have to be football, but who's a leader that you thought, shit, you know, I really, that, that's my man? Um, I guess when you're younger, you, you don't really look at, at leaders. You more look at footballers and who who gets the ball and who does that. It's not until you really understand the game where you sort of think, oh, pardon me, where you think that's that's the person who I want to follow and that's that's what yep. I need to do when I get older to, to set the example for the younger guys. And I guess Croft was always someone when I when I got to the Hawthorne was someone who was, he led by by his his effort and his energy and, and what he did on the footy field. Um, where Richie Vandenberg was the first one with discipline that sort of said, look, if you're not going to do it, then piss off. This is, this is what we're going to live by. And he, he, he became captain of a footy club, not through skill, not through that, just through pretty much his effort and, and pretty much his discipline to be the best he could. Um, so there was, there was a lot of blokes who sort of went through. And Sam Mitchell was a great person who, who taught me a lot. Um, me being the vice captain under Mitch was someone who, he gave me a lot of opportunities to, this is before I was captain, to sort of say what I would do and then he would have the final say, but he would put me in a position and I guess get me ready to be captain before I was, before yeah. I was there. Hodgie. Was there anyone, Hodgie, last one from me and then I'll be quiet. I just want to continue on that theme. And I mean, you know, the Michael Bosses of the world, you were pretty tough and you never took a backward step. Was there anyone when you were playing, Hodgie, that you always thought, shit, I need to be aware where Jonathan Brown is or where Michael Boss is? Or, you know, was there someone that not scared you, but you thought, where, where is this bloke? I need to keep an eye on him. Was there someone like that? 
Uh, there's no one that you'd ever you ever get scared of. Well, growing up in the growing up in the country, I had my first senior senior year at Hampton, um, and I remember some of the guys back there saying, "If you take a backward step, they'll keep going at you." But just remember, yep. if you you also if you take a backward step, you're more likely to get hurt. The harder you go in, there's more chance of you hurt hurting someone else. Um, and I remember the first time I really felt it in in a, in a game was I think it was about 2005 or six. I, I lined up on Michael Voss's. This was just I'll start to transition from a half-back flanker or a half-forward flanker into the midfield. And before the ball bounced, Voss has turned around and elbowed me in the sternum. And, and it was almost like a little bit of a, if you want to pass the big boys kid, this is what you've got to get used to. Um, yeah. And that was good. You get up and you go back at him, hoping he won't do it again. But oh, probably the most petrified I've been on a footy oval was 2009 down at Tassie. And this is just after we've won the grand final. And... Um, I, I played a lot more across half back in 2009, and a lot of our defenders went down. and Robbie Campbell was playing on Jonathan Brown, and all yeah. I could hear was Jonathan Brown going, "Hey, Hodgie, if I was you, I wouldn't stand there, mate. I wouldn't stand there." And he said it for four quarters. And I, every time the ball comes down, I'm just sitting there going, "Geez, I hope Robbie Campbell does his job." But, but just, just the intimidation that those that those Brisbane boys had they they had confidence in their ability, but they also knew how to to talk to the opposition just to make sure that. They weren't only worried about what the ball coming up, but what they were going to do to you if, if you got in the road. <laughs> tell mm. us, tell us about Clarko, mate. Uh, you know, Ludi touched on uh, you know you having a bit of a short fuse and not wanting to lose. Clarko seems like a very similar personality, mate. You know, we've seen the footage of him punching holes in walls, and he's just he so followed passionate. Lead. He, he followed. He did follow Hodge's <laughs> lead. Well, there must be some great stories of Clarko behind the scenes. Uh, you know, like some good bakes. And some good sprays over the journey. Oh, he's, I think he's given most of his players uh, a spray at one time, but he sort of knows how to motivate and get get the best out of you. Um, as far as what he's done, he's he's punched holes, he's he's punched a whiteboard and uh, dislocated his knuckle. <laughs> he, uh, he was frustrated. He was frustrated uh, in a team meeting, and there was drink bottles in front, and he's booted the drink bottles. He didn't, and he didn't know that the six drink bottles were full of water and broke his toe. <laughs> Um, there was another one where we, he came he came in after a game and he was that angry that the tactics that he gave us was wrong and he goes on and he was just that angry at himself he's punched him in, himself in the head and he actually got the wobbles his knees went a bit weak so there's, there's so many things that he's well, done he's nearly knocked he, himself he, out well he did he got the, he got the wobbles it was a little bit in touch a little bit there but I guess he's, when you when you if someone coaches you for, for 13, 14 years, you're going to see a lot of funny things that he does. But I think one thing that resonates with with Clarko and with with his players that when you when you're going well, he'll find somewhere to make sure that he brings you down. Not not brings you down, but just keeps you consistent, keeps you level headed. But times that you stuff up, times I remember the time that I I, uh, I got done drink driving on the eve of 2015, and I was I was one beer over, and I'm I'm sitting there going, oh, he's going to kill me. What's he done? What, what have I done? Uh, and he walks back in. He goes, mate, stop sucking. Come in here. He goes, it was a genuine mistake. I know you wouldn't deliberately do that. He goes, I want you to walk out of here. Hold your head high. Um, we've got finals in a couple of weeks. Act like a captain uh, and learn from your mistakes and don't be a dickhead and don't do it again. So he's, he was kind of that person who, if I was floating around and if I had 30 on the weekend, he'll pick out five bits of vision that I was shit at. And so you need to improve on that. But then when you're down and you're back against the wall and you're feeling like shit, he'll find ways to pump you up to get the best out of it. And I think, I think that's why he's been such a good coach over the years. Yeah, he's a freak, isn't he? Absolute freak. I'm still laughing at uh, punching himself in the head and getting wobbly <laughs> at the knees. 
<laughs> it's unbelievable. Loody. There's a lot of things that he's done. <laughs> no, I think it might be two times, Chewie. Well, do you I'm, want... Uh, well, I'm all out of well, stories. Chuck, Quiggies? do you want... Yeah, the, the 10 quickies with Chuck. Now, Hodgie, right uh, this is this is Sarka's little uh, little baby, mate, all right? And then we are going to we are gonna have a quiz. You're going to take on the other oh, country shit. boy here, which is uh, Timmy Ludeman from down our way, mate, at uh, Naranda, <laughs> um, in a little quiz, which the quiz will be on Colac, okay? So you've got oh, a little geez. bit of a leg up, mate, in your famous hometown. But uh, Sarka, over to you, big right. fella. Hodgie, this is very simple. You would have done it before. You're going to upset a few of your ex-teammates. I'll just throw two names, and you've got to give me what comes to mind. You know, yep, I'd pick him, or I'd go to war with him, or whatever comes to mind. And I'll start with a real easy one. Dunstall or Lockett? Dunstall. Oh, oh wow. Win. There you go. The well, the hey, le- le- leading goal kicker misses out. The greatest goal kicker yeah. of all time. That's a big call, Hodgie. Yeah, I, I guess it's, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of his. I've seen a lot of his highlights, and I've seen a lot of what he's done for the footy club. So, what I've found out is people also what they do on the field, but also what they do off the field. Yeah, good I think call. I've covered my base there. Good call. <laughs> Beautiful, Hodgie. Did you watch the last dance? Are you a basketball man, Hodgie? Love my basketball. Okay, LeBron or Jordan? Jordan. Easy. Yeah. yeah easy one. Uh, the best number twenty-three at Hawthorne, Buddy Franklin or Dermot Brereton? Oh. Buddy Franklin. Oh, wow, Dermy, unlucky Dermy. <laughs> uh, this is a three-part series. This one, and I'm not sure. I think I know the answer, but uh, beer, spirits, or wine, or all Ooh. three. All three. <laughs> nah, I'm probably I'm probably on a hot day A, but uh, after <laughs> yeah. 6 p.m. C. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't want to read in my old age. <laughs> I don't know. That was but not, but not fussy. Not fussy. Not fussy. <laughs> He's a car boy. Who's a better bloke, Aaron Finch or Liam Buchanan? Oh. <laughs> Jeez, you're, scra- you're scraping the barrel. <laughs> we can't go much lower. <laughs> I was going to say, toss a coin. <laughs> All right, so we'll call that a, we'll call that a draw. Uh, I know you love your cricket. I know you love your cricket. Who was a better cricketer as a kid? Jimmy Bartell, Luke Ball, Jonathan Brown, or Luke Hodge? Oh, I'd probably, I didn't see Jonathan Brown. I heard he was heat. Yeah, mad um, quick, left armour. I'd have Bartell was a, a extremely good bat, but I, I bowled a lot at Luke Ball, and his technique was second to none. So I'd probably have to go Luke Ball. Oh, yeah, no big ball. The boys are. Xavier College, reckon he was an unbelievable cricketer, and I know you love your cricket. So with that, Steve War or Mark War? Um, Steve War's heart, Mark War's leg glance. <laughs> Unusual for Hodgie to sit on the fence. Shane War never sat on the fence with that answer, did he? No, no he no, did not no, want him, no. <laughs> so, uh, Ludy gave me this one. A McHappy meal from Colac or light and easy? <laughs> <laughs> Be you honest, Hodgie. Are you still getting paid by light and easy? <laughs> like... so you know I've got to go light and easy. <laughs> yeah, that's moved it up to 400 big ones. Uh, <laughs> McAvaney or committee? 
Uh, Gee, got to be careful here, Hodgie. You're still working with one. I'm I'm working with with Bruce. I'm still working with Bruce, so I'm going to have to go Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) But Dennis Dennis is unbelievable. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, Gary Ablett Senior or Wayne Carey? Uh, Carey. Mm. Work with him too. No, he works with him too. Yeah, no. No, Ablett Senior was the most exciting Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I used to love watching him down there. But I think Kerry's a freak. Centre half forward. Yeah. Probably the hardest position on the ground. Yeah. He just dominated. Like, I grew up when he was watching him when he was just in his prime. Friday night footy, kangaroos. Have, have, have to go, Kerry. It was huge. Hey, well, that, that Friday night footy, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? Like, it just, the, the kangaroos owned Friday nights, didn't they? Well, especially when you're young kids, you'd, you'd get out of school as fast as you can, and the first thing you'd look forward to was a pizza or McDonald's watching the footy. Hodgie, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, while we're talking to Wayne Carey, what's the go with his eyebrows? They're shocking. <laughs> I, think it's, I think he's on something called mosh, which is supposed to make his head, like the hair on his head grow, not his eyebrows, neck and back. Well, you reckon a little bit <laughs> seeping down there? You reckon it's just dropping down on the eyebrows and bushing them up a little bit too, Hodgie? <laughs> My round one, I think I did Friday night with him, and I actually asked him on air. I said, "What the hell's going on with your eyebrows?" <laughs> 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 Post game, and he, he goes, "Yeah, there's a thing called mush. He's taking for his the top of his noggin, and it's coming out more at his eyebrows." <laughs> That's, That's Ludy. Am I just? Yeah, am I just write mush down and make sure? Yeah. We, yeah, I'm going to ask George Lewis and <laughs> get him on if he's using that as well. <laughs> I thought it was something grown in, in the back blocks of Colac, Mosh, but I'll leave that alone. Uh, two, two easy ones to finish. Uh, now, this is going to test you, I reckon. They're easy, but it'll test you. Clarko or Fagan? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. This is a, I reckon this is an easy answer, Hodgie, surely. We know the answer, uh, but the loyalty now. Yeah, I'm going to have to premise it's overall evidence. So, of course, but they Fagan do. hasn't finished coaching. And Fagan any bloke that yet. knocks himself out is worth his <laughs> soul. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Uh, big fella, have you got have you got Fagan teed up for next week? Is he got <laughs> or not? Hey, we'll be using this audio. If we I'll have. just change uh, Fags. I'll definitely want to go Fags there. <laughs> All right, and a little little soft side swipe to finish. My last one on Chuck's ten. Um, because we're going to get this bloke on, but I, I thought I'd throw it in. Jordan Lewis or Sean Burgoyne? Oh, oh. Uh, Shawnee Burgoyne. Are you talking, talking about as a person? Shawnee Burgoyne. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, mate, a, a, a bloke who can play so many positions. He's played almost 350. Oh, what is he? About 370 games now, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah uh, freak. Sorry, sorry, Louis, but I'm going to have to go, Shawnee. No. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> You've done well, mate. Now listen, but I prefer Louis hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have right reply in a couple of weeks, mate. Uh, we are going to do the quiz, and it's all thanks to oh, the Warrior, the Nissan Warrior. Some cracking end of financial year deals at Clinton Bolsh. Warnable Nissan and uh, Hodgie, you would have heard about Clinton Bolsh, mate, being a Colac boy because Bolshe grew up around Cobden, big fella. You'd know Bolshe surely. And what are you driving, mate? Because you're playing uh, Timmy Ludeman for the uh, the Nissan Warrior this week, big fella. What are you driving at the moment? 
Uh, my wife drives a Kia Carnival. We've got we need that to uh, to fit all fifteen kids that we have. Well, this is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing because uh, not only does Clinton Bulch do, uh, you know, Nissan, he does Isuzu, but he also does Kia, big fella. Yeah. So uh, the old people mover, he might uh, trade that up and uh, you never know what might happen, big fella. <laughs> Perfect. Righto, this quiz, all about Colac. Okay, so uh, two country boys going head-to-head, Tim Ludeman and Luke Hodge. Your buzzer is your name. Just test it out for me, boys. Luke Ludie. <laughs> Hodgie for you, mate, okay? Not Luke. All, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right, question number one. How many pubs are there in Colac? Hodgie. Yes, Hodgie. There's the East, there's the Commercial, there's the Union, there's the Austral. Beautiful. Oh, no, there's four pubs. Oh, I had it at four, too. And, 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 and Thursday night's the East, Friday night's the Union, <laughs> <laughs> Sunday Arbor at the Austral. <laughs> You're going to say that, don't you? Because he's a life member at all. Is Anton, yeah, exactly. is Anton still at the Austral? Hodges? What's that? Is Anton, Anton still at the Austral? Anton and Blue, I reckon they might have sold it. Yeah, but, right, eh? Um, yeah, and the crazy. east, the east is uh, it, it gets a bit rough and rugged at times, doesn't it? <laughs> there at uh, the underpass. Yeah, that's, that's down near the abattoirs. So yeah. if you're still in there past 10 p.m. Look out! <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Right, <laughs> that is Chucky. Uh, Keep your score, mate. Wonder Hodgie. Uh, Hodge, Hodge one, Benjamin Button zero. Right, eh. question number two. <laughs> to the nearest thousand, what's the population of Colac? Hodgie. Yes, Hodgie. Thirteen. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Twelve and a half thousand. Come on, Ludie, don't be frightened to chime in, big fella. Okay, <laughs> question number three, simple one. What colour do the Colac Football Club wear? Oh, yes, oh, Ludie. Good old oh. Tigers, yellow and black. <laughs> How can you forget the old yellow and black? The best football team going around, the Colac, the Tigers. Anyway, what's the score, Lu- uh, Chuck? Is Ludie still there or not? Oh, come on, mate. Lift your game, Ludie. <laughs> Seriously? The great Colac, yeah. the, the number one draft pick out of Colac, who's told us tonight he punched a hole in the wall, he died on KFC and Macca's, converted to light needs, he got done for drink driving and drives a Kia Carnival. Please do my Luke Hodge before tonight. Hodge is three, Ludeman is nothing. Right, let's go quick. Question number four. Does Colac have a Canadian rooster? Ludie. I'm going to go Ludie. Ludie first, that one. No, it's got Red Rooster. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Now, Hodgie, there used to be a Canadian rooster there, didn't there? I don't know. There was one on the corner. I thought it got shut down. There was a drive-through Red Rooster for a little bit. I thought it got shut down. Because it was, it was against Maccas and KFC, and no one ever wins that battle in Colfax. No, no, no way. It, it, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, mate. Right. So that's uh, 3-1. Is that right, Saka? 3-1, three, three, correct way. Right, eh? This is a pizza question. Now, apart from La Porchetta, what's the famous pizza joint? In Cola, yes, Hodgie. Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's God... where you go at eleven o'clock to have a rumble. <laughs> and God bless Pete. He's not with us anymore. I don't think Pete is he. I think he. No. Uh, he, no. he used to chase him out with brooms and everything, didn't he? Back in the heyday, or like so he should. There was a lot of things going on there at Pete's Pizza. Joey, you've made this very, very easy for Luke Hodge. You've asked him pub questions, fast food outlets. I mean, seriously, and now pizza shops. What's going on? It's right up his alley. And this question might blow everyone away, but Colac is number one selling in this form of alcohol. Can anyone tell us what it is? Hodgie. Yes, Hodgie. I'm going to go something like Breezer. 
No, it's not Breeze, oh, big fella. Ludi. This is double points, Ludi. That has to be Red Bears. Red Bear? What? Red... <laughs> what, that, like, <laughs> crap vodka stuff? No, hey, hey, hey. Mate, I was all over those when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chuck, I'll give you a go at this one, mate. What do you think it is? Uh, vodka. No. No. Bundy. It is a number Bundy. one. It is a number <laughs> one. I kid you not. It is the number one seller of Bundy in country Australia. <laughs> the heart the heart is in Colac, Hodgie. Surely you had a... about three people in my life that's ever drank. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know four, Hodgie. That's why I'm disappointed. Just growing up in one thing, I don't know why. Bundy was my choice of drink. It was putrid. So I'm the fourth one. And you've asked me the question, Stewie, and I said vodka. I mean, what am I doing? <laughs> well, I'll tell you I what, Hodgie. I can't get over Ludi's Red Bear. <laughs> the Red Bear. The Red Bear and vodka. Actually, what, they used to come in the big, like the 440 cans, didn't they? Not the, not that's, the... that's why we used to get them, because they were bigger. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, Hodgie, guess what, mate? You've won the Nesson Warrior, big fella. Don't worry about the Kia Carnival. This will get every kid in it. You can imagine, champ. It is absolutely magnificent. And we'll ship that up to Brisbane somewhere in the next uh, couple of weeks for you, mate. Perfect, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, Hodgie, in all seriousness, we appreciate you jumping on, mate. Uh, absolute champion of the game and uh, ripping fella on and off the field. I know uh, everyone in Colac, they speak so highly of you, mate. They reckon whenever you come back there, you're always on for a yak. Not dissimilar to the great Jonathan Brown, mate. And uh, it's a credit to you, big fella, that's for sure. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, have a good night. Uh, Thanks, Hodgie. Great stuff. And, Thanks, uh, Hodgie. Well, Timmy Ludeman, you've delivered, big fella. There was a, a little point in time earlier on tonight that we thought, uh, you know, Hodgie playing golf and uh, catch you up with a few mates. And we rang a few times and it rang out. We're in a little bit of trouble. Oh. But uh, you've come through with the goods, mate. Fantastic guest this week. Uh, he's brilliant. He's a good man, Hodgie. Good country boy, as we said at the start. And, um, yeah, and it's good to see good people do well, so... Brilliant. Uh, Beautiful, boys. Now, listen, uh, I want to just touch on a couple of things before we wrap things up tonight. Uh, a little bit of uh, drama over the last couple of weeks. We uh, kind of had a week off in regards to mm. podcasts. And, uh, well, Saka and Ludi, you kind of uh, uh, enlightened me a little bit about uh, Usman Kawaja. And uh, it's been a, a bit of a travesty the last couple of weeks what's been going on, hasn't it? I love it. Now, it's been a bit of a debacle, but uh, we got it sorted. We handed it, well, we, as in our little text message, we, we had a bit of a chat about it and said, how should we approach it? And the Big Show, in typical Big Show style, said, don't worry, boys, I'll get the lawyers onto it, so I'll give them a call and get it sorted. So the Big Show did. And, and, and I must just, just, so just fill our listeners in. So Uzi's, yeah. uh, he started a, his own little podcast series, and he's called it Keeping It Real. Well, mate, when when you start, like we started off, as you said, the first show we got two hundred and seventy-five listeners. That's grown now to about thirteen thousand listeners on Keeping It Real, and uh, for him to try and steal the name Usman Kawaja, I mean, seriously, I had to have a quiet word to him, and there was a little bit of resistance initially. He said, "Oh no, I'm happy with the name," and I said, "Mate, uh, we've patented that uh, name, and there'll be copyright, there'll be all sorts of issues." I threatened him with legal action, 
and mate, he backed down. <laughs> he went he to water. Down quicker than he, he backed down quicker than he backed down to Justin Langer in that bloody documentary that we watched. <laughs> uh, all jokes aside, uh, Uzi said no worries, and to his credit, he didn't, he didn't have to. He just whipped the name off, and uh, so, now he's calling his, he's called his keeping it unreal, I think. And, oh! uh, <laughs> <laughs> you feeding him? He's... And then I said, no. I'm I opened the paper yesterday morning and there's the great Eric Banner. There's a story in the Herald Sun, Eric Banner and his family and all this. And what's the story called? Keeping it real. <laughs> well, Mate, th- you know what? When you said me, I didn't take much notice. I thought it was Kawaja. The story was on Aussie. <laughs> I didn't realise it was Eric Banner in the picture. <laughs> The celebrities around the world that are trying to jump onto this name now, it's got, it's gone India, it's gone England, mm. and I can tell you we've we've, we've secured it. So uh, the patent is sound and copyright for keeping it real. And how good is it to be back? Hope our listeners are re- Luke Hodge, mate, Jonathan Brown, Luke Hodge, soul of the earth, and what a legend of the game. We're talking about 346 games, four premiership. I mean, just tough. And we just got some great yarns out of him tonight. Nah, he's a ripper. He's an absolute ripper, that is for sure. And just on, uh, well, Warney, you, you didn't mention Warney. Uh, my mate Bolsh, he had uh, Clinton Bolsh, Warnable Nissen. delivered? Mate, he's reached out a couple of times. Warney's giving him the bumper now. So what's going on? Right, well, I'll be on to the text message. That's all I need to know. I'll let him know that uh, our man has been sending messages and... Uh, I don't know what's happened there. I haven't heard from him for a week or two, so I'll I, find out and we'll have an update next week. Well, good, because uh, I think my man thinks I'm having a lend of him and he thought it was going to be a shame worn impersonator. I'm thinking, and it, so much so, Bolshe went back and listened to the podcast and listened to what Shane Warne sounds like when he rings him on the phone to make sure that it was actually legitimately Warney. I'll follow that up, and I'm just writing a note. We'll have an update on that next week. Uh, Warn, Nissan Warrior, daughter promotion. I've written it down. Uh, big fellow, we got a, what about Big Brother? I'm not a big watcher of that, but you wanted to bring something up, didn't you, on Big Brother? Well, I, I actually must admit they've they've uh, they've kind of advertised this show pretty good. It's a new kind of format, all that kind of stuff. And we're obviously doing our podcast tonight, so we missed the first one. But I'm going to recap it. I'm going to give it a go. Uh, Looney, you, you'd be a Big Brother fan, surely, wouldn't you? Oh, back in the heyday when I was growing up, yeah, it was brilliant. Ryan Fitzgerald, <laughs> Sarah Marie. That's <laughs> the old bum dance. Brilliant, wasn't it? Back, back in the what day. about hot dogs? Didn't he go on to bigger and better things? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wasn't he the infomercial man on a like one thirty a.m. on a Sunday night or a Sunday Sunday morning? <laughs> Wasn't he selling that crap? <laughs> anyway, I I just posed. I put the question out today. Like you know, if you had five people, who were the five people that you'd like to take into the Big Brother house with you? I'll start with you, Chuck. Well, the first two are teammates of mine, and uh, we've had one of them on. But I'd have to take Shane Warne in there because I reckon if Warne was in there, there'd be a little bit of sort of late night action going on. So I'd just want to have a bit of a bit of peek through with Big Brother. So I'm putting taking Warne with me. I'd say you'd be sitting in the corner with a little lamp on us. <laughs> I would have thought so. Uh, without doubt, my favourite teammate in my career, and I hope we can get him on. Uh, and Ludy loves him as well, and they've got a little bit of connection with their fishing sort of passion. 
But Merv Hughes is a must. You've got to take Merv in the Big Brother with you because the funniest bloke, the practical joker, mate, Merv Hughes. Um, can I take him in with me, big fella? Absolutely, mate. Merv would be a ripper. He'd be licking all right, your good. ears all night, giving you wet willies. Now, I obviously can't take this man in with me. But so I tried to think when you said to me, who would you take the Big Brother? I wrote a few. I can't take him because he's no longer with us. But if I could go back, I would love to have taken Nelson Mandela in with me. Oh, yeah. Good call. Just, yeah, I mean, I can't. So that's a silly one. But I'll, let's turn it back 20-odd years. I'd love to have Mandela and just sit with him night after night and just hear what he experienced. Just incredible. Well, he's kind of um, had his own big brother for a long time, didn't he? He was a real-life oh, big brother. Mate, he was in isolation. And uh, we, we all know the story. So I had Mandela. So I took him out. And then don't laugh because you asked me a few weeks ago who I'd take to dinner. And, and I've said before, I've got an infatuation if there's one person I'd like to no. go to dinner with, just I want to, I mate, I just love Demi Moore. I've got, I love Demi Moore, <laughs> so I'm taking Demi Moore in the Big Brother with me. That's fair and enough. Warney can have a chat with her a little bit late at night, <laughs> and probably that's as close as Sarkin's ever going to get. I would have thought. <laughs> and then the, my final one, Ludes, and I, I've got no idea what you're going with, but uh, my final one that I'm taking. The most inspirational man, I think, in this country at the moment. I'm taking Neil Danaher in with me. Oh, awesome. I've just read Neil Danaher's book uh, at the start of the year. It is sensational. And to, you know, we're doing our show tonight, being Queen's birthday Monday. It'll be online tomorrow for all our listeners. But obviously, the day was the MND drive. And I must admit, I didn't watch. I watched a bit of it on the news. But uh, Neil Danaher, nothing but respect for a man going through what he's going through and to continually front up legend. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree. Go and buy a beanie, everybody. A big freeze beanie. Right, Righto, Ludie. Ludie, who are you taking in, mate? Five of the best. Uh, well, I actually started with the big brother himself, Ryan Fitzgerald. I thought he was unbelievable <laughs> on the show itself. So I t- I'm going to take him in. Back in for Fitz. Yep. I've got Mick Malloy. Oh, yeah. I Mick would be he, great. Man. I think he will create a lot of fun in, in the house. Problem yeah, is, though, too, you've gone two comedians out there, mate. They're going to be competing against each other for the laughter and that. Oh, well, clearly I'll be the funniest. they will be second fiddle, but that's okay. Fair call. Um, I've gone I've gone down Chuck's path. I've gone with my childhood loves. So I've gone mm-hmm. Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty North. woman. Can't beat it. Yep. But right. my, my biggest love is actually Sandra Bullock. So I've oh, gone with Sandra. Sandra. Yeah, so that might shock a few people, but um, there you go. Nah, and then you got one more. Fifth and final, and Chuck will probably find this funny, but I've gone Mike Myers, Austin Powers. <laughs> well, well, don't mention that around Warney, mate. I think you've got infatuation <laughs> with old Mikey Myers. He can play I'll about 12 different people. He, he's quite good. Mm. I take him Warney, and then Ludy brings in Mike Myers. Mm. Uh, we might have to we might have to get Liz on the show. Demi Moore, Julia Roberts, Sandra Bullock, Merv Hughes, Mick Malloy, Fitzy, and Neil Danaher. It's not a bad Big Brother house. Mm. Well, I'm going to spice. I'm going to spice things right up. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to take in uh, Pretty Boy Floyd Mayweather. Okay, I just like him. I reckon he's uh, pound for pound the best boxer we've uh, seen. I reckon he's Stewie, a freak I, show. I, I just thought you'd take in five KFC buckets. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. <laughs>
haven't finished yet. Do you know the other one I'm taking in? I reckon this bloke's a ripper. Inducted into the AFL Hall of Fame last week. Big Brownie. I just love Brownie. I reckon he's just, uh, everyone wants to be Brownie. And, uh, yeah, Jay Brown goes in for mine. The other one I'm going to chuck in for a little bit of entertainment value because he's loose and you don't know what you're going to get with him. And uh, these last couple of weeks, he's just turned it on. Uh, And that is Donald Trump, boys. Uh, I think Trump's Trump's got to go in. Imagine how much of a furor Big Donald would be in there. He's off his head at the moment, isn't he, Big Donald? Uh, and then I'm going to go. I'm going to go the great Margot Robbie. Uh, I've got a little bit of a thing for Margot, and uh, ever since that movie, what was that movie where uh, she made her kind of debut? Um, that really rich guy that ripped everyone off. What was it called? Yeah, after our earlier show quizzes we used to do, Stuart, you're asking the wrong boy. <laughs> anyway, Margot's coming in. Okay, there's a couple of really famous scenes in there. And after watching The Last Dance, uh, I thought, gee whiz, I think we have to bring in Carmen Electra, surely, don't we? She uh, likes a bit of fun and games, especially if Warney and uh, a few of those oh. boys are going to be floating around. I think uh, you're right, Chuck. I think there might be some real entertainment value there. The three of us, just like a picture big brother, the three of us sitting around the pool <laughs> with a bucket of KFC watching Warney and Carmen Electra have a little skinny dip late at night. How good would that be? <laughs> I'll tell you what, a dollar I won, I reckon Trump to be the first person voted out of the house. <laughs> yep. you I'll, I'll tell you what, big brother. Big Brother have pumped in $5 million to advertising and we've just knocked it off in five minutes. It's going to be much better. <laughs> yeah, correct. Absolutely. The only, problem, the only problem with our guests, I reckon we're up, we've got a, a, a salary cap of about $25 mil, I reckon, to get our, get our crew together. <laughs> oh, i tell you what, they wouldn't they be some. watching? Wouldn't they be watching? Imagine it. Unbelievable. Hey, listen, uh, Ludi, surely you've got a little impersonation for us. Can you do Trump? No. No. no, I can't. I need to work. I need to work at him. I need to work at a few actually, because I'm going to go to my last one that I'll probably I've pulled out before, and right. then I'm, from now on I've got no one left. I'm going to do the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. Who's yeah, that? Have you heard that one? No. Oh, Shrek. So the little gingerbread oh, man. Oh, Shrek. The little gingerbread. He looks. He looks a little bit like Jimmy. <laughs> he does. He does. Come on, Ludy. Give us come some, on. Give us some Muffin Man. Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man that lives on Jury Lane? The Muffin Man! (laughs) (laughs) Very, very good, mate. Some of your best work there, big fella. Now, listen, who's it back to? Is it back to you, Saka? Or is it back to me for a guest? Well, I I think, did we have Brownie before Warnie? It might be back to me. Yeah, How about you, we just Shui. work as a team? It's back to you, but we'll work as a team. Yeah. Uh, we won't give away. I've got one or two. We'll, we'll chat, Stewie, during the Actually, week. Actually, you you have got one, I think, for next week, haven't you? A very funny man, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have like a chat it. during the week. We'll have a chat and see what we can come up with. Love it. And, uh, yeah, well, hopefully tonight, Luke Hodges, well, not hopefully, Luke Hodges is sensational. We've just buzzed over the hour, so we've broken our rules again, but Hey, boys, good to be back. Can't wait for the footy this weekend. Uh, Cats and the Hawks, K-Rock footy. Ludy, just uh, I'll wave to you on the way past because social distancing still, but uh, <laughs> been good, to, good, 
good to be back on the night, boys. Ah, good on you, boys. You have a great weekend, Chuck, with the footy, that is for sure. Ludy, you enjoy your week as well. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Tigers and Collingwood Thursday night. It's going to be huge. Uh, Friday nights, the Cats and the Hawks. Uh, good to see footy back, that is for sure. And uh, if you want to get on the podcast or you want to get involved, drop us a line, uh, like, share, um, do all that kind of stuff because it all helps. And we must thank Clinton Bolsh, the Nishant Warrior, end of financial year deals. Sure. You will not fi- you, you. I said you should find them on Facebook. You will find them on Facebook. They are everywhere at the moment. And cars, boys, are walking out the door at the moment because there's cracking deals down at Clinton Bolsh Nissan. Well, I tell you, just to finish the show, the thing that shocked me most tonight, absolutely, I thought Luke Codge would absolutely be made for the Nissan Warrior. I can just mm. see him in mm. the Nissan Warrior. Can you? Yeah, no, not the people mover, not the Kia Carnival. When he revealed to me tonight mm. that he, him and his missus get around in the Kia Carnival, <laughs> mate, that was it for me. <laughs> You wouldn't see that down at Mount Martha or Mount Eliza, wherever you're from, big fella. Mate, there's only, there's only beamers and mercs down there, don't worry. <laughs> All right, boys, we're going to go out with a bit of pill jam tonight, and I reckon this is aptly named after Luke Hodge, better man. See you, lads. Watching the clock, it's four o'clock, it's got to stop Tell him, take no more She practices her speech as he opens the door She rolls over, pretends to sleep as he looks her over She lies and says she's enough She dreams in colors, she dreams in red, can't find 